0: To the adna presents today we have a very special guest stephanie mccoy she is the founder of bold blind beauty one of the things that i love talking about with audio description is how the implications of what we're doing in all these interviews have of uh, uh an implication in other areas and industries and uh in a recent conversation i had with stephanie she had uh, well let's introduce her so founder of bold blind beauty stephanie mccoy thanks for joining us steph
1: Hey, Roy, it is so great to be here with you. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, mutual honor then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, usually the first question I ask is what you love about audio description, but I think in this context, I'd love to ask you, and I'm putting you on the spot here, what you love about Bold Blind Beauty.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) That is on the spot. (laughs) I what I love about Bold Blind Beauty is um, really just the connection with all of the people that I have met from all over the world and being able to share a message of of access, inclusion and representation and doing it in such a way that it is. Inclusive of everyone. So it's not just like Bold Blind Beauty is talking to just blind people or, you know, just sighted people to build awareness or just disabled people, but everyone, the message is a global message that's applicable to everyone, young, old, um, uh, male, female, uh, just everyone.
0: I love how you start by speaking about connection. That's something that means a lot to me personally and professionally. When it comes uh, to my career and also to me personally, that connection has been a fuel to me. And your acronym—excuse me—your acronym is AIR. You said out the gate: access, inclusion, and representation. That stands for AIR. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how it relates to bold, blind beauty?
1: AIR matters um, because. I use this tagline when I um, introduced the podcast Bold Blind Beauty on Air. Everyone on the planet needs air to survive. People with disabilities not only need air to survive, but also to thrive. And air in this case represents access, inclusion, and representation. At a recent event where I was asked to speak about inclusion in the workplace, I talked about AIR and I, I spelled out what each of the words meant uh, to me on a personal level, but more so on um, why it's important to hire people with disabilities. And I think that what I said in my speech was that it, it, it has to be an intentional uh, process. Um, it has to be meaningful and it has to begin from the boardroom to entry level and throughout. And it's not just in the workplace, but when you think about it more broadly, even in life in general, when we, when we look, to our leaders, everybody follows leaders, um, hopefully good leaders. But when we look to our leaders to help to guide us in whatever way that might be, um, leaders possess strength, they possess wisdom, they possess all of these things that we look up to them for. However, in a disability community or in the community broadly in the world, People with disabilities are left out of that. And we have to ask ourselves, why is that? Because we do have value. We we are worthy. And there are so many um, amazing people with disabilities um, who are in higher levels. We don't hear a lot about them, but we need to shine a light on these people to let the world at large understand that people with disabilities do have an awful lot to bring to the table. And especially you know people who are blind or have low vision because on a disability perspective, people who are not on the blindness spectrum were sort of a, a small minority within the disability community.
0: This uh, ties in so clearly to to your mission, the uh, the intentional and meaningfulness of of hiring people with disabilities uh, and also uh, beyond the workplace, as you had said, uh, to guide us. You're using Bold Blind Beauty to guide all of us. And uh, recently I was uh, visiting your boldblindbeauty.com website and on the About Us page, uh, you shared a message, and if I could share it. The photo is so strong of you at this podium just speaking so clearly that you are leading this within Bold Blind Beauty. And one of the things that I read about, and I'd I ask you if you're comfortable to expand a little bit, is that you talk uh, about your sight loss, and both personally and career-wise, and how that has affected you, and also affected the creation of Bold Blind Beauty. Can we talk a little bit about your your life prior to sight loss and also and how uh, Bold Blind Beauty was, was founded?
1: Sure. I would love to do that. Uh, thank you so much for asking that question and really for pulling that out of me because I think, you know, when we're in our lives, you know, we're living, we're in our lives, we're walking in our shoes... Um, We're just doing um, we're just going through the process of living whatever life that we've created. Right. And we sort of forget sometimes, I think, during that process how we may have gotten through certain things. So, you know, there's a lot about my sight loss um, when I was going through it that, you know, years down the road after that, that I forgot about. And I forgot about those feelings. And when you began asking me those questions, it was like, wow, I I had totally forgot that that's how deeply I felt about that. Um You know, before I lost my sight, I really had it going on, you know, uh, I had, bought my first house. I had gotten remarried. Um I was planning we we were planning, we were in the process of renovating our home. I had a really nice promotion at the Big 4 <laughs> accounting firm that I worked for and you know, life was just looking so grand. And I just couldn't imagine um I wasn't prepared for what was coming down the pike, you know, when I began losing my sight. And as a matter of fact, thinking back to that moment when my first eye went, it was quite sudden. I took out one of my contacts, looked in the mirror, and half of my face was gone. And in that moment, I didn't even think it was my eyesight. I thought it was medication that I had taken. So, it just goes to show, I think in retrospect, you know, how I think and my thought process. So sort of a learning thing for me, but when you asked me, you know, how I felt and what was that transition like going from, you know, sighted person, successful person to someone now who is dealing with this sight loss and what that felt like, it was illuminating to me. Because, based upon what I knew about blindness, I thought that you know I was going to lose my job, I thought that I wasn't going to be able to, you know, obviously drive. I wouldn't be able, all I thought about was all the things I wouldn't be able to do. Because again, I'm going on what I knew, my preconceived notions about blindness and what that meant to me. And I've talked about this before in, you know, other forums. I had to come face to face with my biases about blindness. And it was a very sobering moment for me. Um, when I was in it at that time, I didn't think that I had those biases. I really didn't. But afterwards, I know that I did. And that was something that I had to come to terms with. And I think, I think, I know that that was one of the main reasons why I created Bold Blind Beauty. I I created it. It was cathartic for me personally. I wanted to share my story, but I also wanted to help other people to understand that we all have these unconscious biases that obviously we don't know we have them because they're unconscious. But then something will happen in our lives to make us aware of it. And then we have to do something about it. And for me, doing something about it was creating bold, blind beauty.
0: Thanks for that. It sounds like the uh, the feelings that you had talked about it. It sounds very, uh, and I'm sure I've I've read this in or heard this uh, from one of your. Um, uh one of your times at the podium, uh something the feelings of isolation that there was fear there there was a lot of overwhelm that stopped things that were in in their place and I don't like oh you said, gosh. you don't want to focus on it, but it's like that was a part of it because of
1: it was real yeah it it was very real and it was it was something that um I would have these anxiety attacks, these panic attacks because. This was something I had no control over. Everything I looked at um because I had residual sight, some residual sight. And that's what people don't understand. Blindness is not seeing or not seeing. It is a spectrum. And I was in sort of the middle of that spectrum at the time that I began losing my sight so everything I looked at was distorted um, it I couldn't trust what I was seeing and to give you an example of that this morning when I walk my dog um, I'm walking her and I happen to look up on the hillside and I noticed what I thought was a person walking on the hill And during this type of the this time of the morning, I typically don't see that. So as we got closer, the person that I thought was walking actually ended up being a flag that was on one of the parked vehicles. Mm -hmm. My eyes translated that flag to a moving person. And that's uh, you know, just an example, one example of how my brain translates some of the things that I see. So when I was in the early stages of my sight loss, I was fearful all the time, 24-7, just fearful. And I was also fearful of losing even that You know, distortion that I had. It was like, how am I going to function if I can see nothing? If it's this bad seeing what I'm seeing, what's that going to look like if I can see nothing?
0: (sighs) Thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) The things that are coming out here is that. You are, uh, from my perspective, uh, both personally and professionally, someone that is very uh, incredibly thoughtful, that when it comes to the biases that you've mentioned, that those are removed when it comes to talking, uh, I, and I've seen you talk with others as well, that this is just a part of you, that you are that empowered leader. And you always have been that this this is very front and center in bold, blind beauty. If I could ask, and I I, I hope you see where I'm leading with this question. I don't want to focus on the negative here. But during your uh, initial uh, experience of sight loss, I was wondering about your family and friends and and their experience and and what was there for you and uh, and how that relates to bold, blind beauty. If we can if we can talk about that.
1: Sure. Uh, and thank you for asking that question. Um, the isolation that you mentioned a little bit ago before I answered the last question, that was something that was front and center for me, even though I was among family and friends. um Because during that time, I didn't do so well being alone, even though I'm a a loner. I just didn't do so well being alone because I was just so afraid. I had these people that were around me, you know, at home and at work, friends and family. They all cared about me, but none of them could understand what I was going through because you know, this was something that none of them had ever experienced. You know, they all expressed um, just being, you know, how sorry they felt that, you know, I was experiencing this. But I couldn't even, it was so bad, I couldn't even explain to them. I couldn't properly articulate what I was feeling. Um, There was a gentleman at work, uh, one of my managers, who was legally blind, and I worked for him uh, for, gosh, I want to say, what, six, seven years or something before I got my promotion. And, uh, you know, I knew that he was legally blind. Um, We never talked about it because he always just came in, did his job, and, you know, go home just like everybody else. So when I started going through my sight loss, and I had all these people around me, I just, I felt sort of almost otherworldly, like I didn't fit in anymore, I didn't understand my place in the world, and I couldn't even talk with him about it. Somebody who I thought might understand, I just wasn't sure how to go about doing that. One of the things that I did was I tried to look for a support group. I found none. Hmm. Um, I, I needed therapy. I tried to find somebody who was blind or had low vision as a therapist. There weren't any in my area. So I had to go to someone who was sighted. And she was good. She helped me. But I still felt like I wanted somebody that I could relate to or who could relate to me and my experience. Um, and I did find it eventually. I found um, a group, which is a sort of subsidiary of the American Council of the Blind uh, here in Pittsburgh, a local group. And it was through, you know, joining that group. And really fully immersing myself in the blindness community, that was when I had this turnaround. And I realized, looking at these amazing professionals, that not only could I continue to survive without seeing, I could thrive, and that my life wasn't over. That was. Such a huge turning point for me. And it actually improved my relationships with the friends and family who, you know, before I wasn't able to articulate, you know, what was going on with me and what I was feeling. I was able to do that because it was like I found my tribe. Mm
0: -hmm. I could hear the smile in your voice as you said, (laughs) <laughs> my life isn't over. I could hear you say that subtext of connection, that those relationships were improved, even my, if, if I could be stretching, maybe even stronger than they were prior to your sight loss. That Here's a quote from your, your website um, that seems relevant to what we're talking about here. The greatest challenges we face, and this is again from BoldBlindBeauty.com, the greatest challenges we face as blind people Are the stereotypes and misconceptions about blindness? With the appropriate tools, training, and resources, we can live extremely productive and abundant lives. What I'm hearing throughout your own personal journey and story—that you're of how you've grown—bold, blind beauty. It is about that connection. It isn't about eventually finding it. It is. A website that you can go to right now and experience these connections and show through lived lives, both your own and the people that you interview on your on your blog, on your on your podcast and all these articles that. okay? let's let's talk. I'm sorry. I'm jumping around so much stuff. Let's talk like you have published somewhere on your website the numbers that you've you've got for hits. Can you talk about that or, or is that. I know it's probably not top of mind here.
1: (laughs) It's like 200-some thousand, yeah. Okay, so 200-some thousand
0: people have been to your website. I think you've tapped into something here. (laughs) I think people... (laughs) What's that like? I mean, to go from the experience of all of these, these challenges of uh, let's let's call them connection challenges the the lack excuse me the lack of air the lack of accessibility the lack of uh, your acronym air is such a, a cornerstone of what Bull Blind beauty stands for and obviously you've tapped into something here
1: what's that like yeah it's it's just phenomenal you know especially <laughs> when i get messages from people that say you know I found you on whatever social media platform they're on. I'm more active on Instagram, but, you know, people have found me through the website. They found me on LinkedIn. Um, Maybe they heard me on a panel session or something and they reach out to me and they're like, you know, I heard you, you know, talk at, um, you know, whatever it was. And gosh, you know, I can so relate to, some of the things that you were saying. And, you know, I had no idea that I could continue to do some of the things that I love to do and even expand, you know, my life could even be more expansive than what I ever thought it could be, you know, living with sight loss. And it just, every time I get one of those messages, my heart just feels like it's going to burst. You know, and I I tell people, one of the things that I suggest to people when they ask me, um, you know, what tips would I offer for, uh, you know, going on, how to keep going. I keep a folder called Do Not Quit. And in that folder are messages that I receive from people that remind me of my why. Why? you know, the Mm. messages of, of people who tell me, you know, I didn't want to use that white cane. I hated that white cane, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but now that I found you and, um, you know, connected with your community and I see all these other amazing, you know, blind people, you know, fully embracing themselves, wholly embracing themselves and using their white canes and not looking at it as a, a hindrance or, Um, uh, I'm trying to think of another word for it. It's not coming to mind right now, but using it as uh, what it is, a tool to help you navigate the world. That is powerful. You know, we don't look at eyeglasses like, oh my God, these are just, well, some people might, (laughs) you know, they're just awful. Uh (laughs) You know, eyeglasses are an accepted form of, you know, a a tool that can help people to see better, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with the white cane. It helps us to navigate the world safely. You know, we don't have to worry about what's beyond the cane. You know, as long as, you know, I have that cane right in front of me leading the way, I don't have to worry about what's beyond it. Because it's going to tell me when there's a barrier there.
0: Very cool. Thank you for that. When it comes to my experience with Bold Blind Beauty, it is beyond the website. Uh, I've got a coffee mug that has uh, a cane on it. It's got a... abby (laughs) on it um so abby is uh well uh, would you introduce us to abby who's abby sure
1: sure abby abby is a figment of my imagination (laughs) i actually had uh i put out a post requesting designers to create her for me and this one designer i never met her in person we worked virtually she's from philadelphia She sent me several samples and the one I chose is the one that's on the website and she's just fabulous. You know, she's stylish. (laughs) She, she knows how to dress. She wears heels. She, she carries colored canes or blinged out canes. She's confident. She's beautiful. Um, She's intelligent and she, she lives her life without limits. You know, she believes that anything is possible. Her name, even her name is significant because the the full spelling of her name, her name is Abigail, but it's not spelled the regular way you spell it. It's A-B-I-G-A-L-E. A-B-I is short for abilities and Gale, G-A-L-E, is short for the nightingale bird. The nightingale bird is just a, a small, brown, ordinary bird. When you look at it, you would think nothing of it. It's, there's nothing spectacular about it. But the moment that bird sings, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> it has a beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, things aren't always what they might appear to be. And I think that's what bold, blind beauty really represents. That's why our mission, improving humanity by changing the way we perceive one another, is so broad because we can't just, you know, meet a person or look at a person and think that we know their whole story. We just can't. There's so much breadth and depth to people. If we just give ourselves a chance to get to know them and listen to them. So stop, listen, and learn. That I think is what really connects us and broadens our horizons. And talk about inclusion. I can think of no better way than to be inclusive than to do just that, to stop, listen and learn
0: wow <laughs> there is there is so much here thank you for this the stop listen and learn i'm i'm soaking in it and i got to say no idea about abby's name i feel like we just uncovered this delicious <laughs> easter egg like we just saw like the the director's cut of something that we all just are, oh my gosh did you hear did you hear what Stephanie said about Abby Stan's <laughs> abilities and Nightingale bird it, 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 listen to this. it's like this is so great um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience
1: oh gosh <laughs> just one thing sure <laughs> Betty um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I've lived my life believing that anything is possible. I really have. However, when I began losing my sight, that stumped me. It really did. And for a moment, I thought it was going to take me out of action. But once I stopped, listened, and learned, um, my life opened up. You know, I said on my, my website that you know, my sight loss, it it was hard. It was. But since losing my sight, my clarity has increased exponentially. And for this, I'm so grateful.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing all of this.
1: How can we follow yeah, you? Well, you
0: mentioned um, Instagram, the websites.
1: Yes. Okay, so, <laughs> Instagram, the website. Yes. Okay. So Instagram, the website, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and our podcast, Bold Blind, Beauty on Air, which can be found on YouTube and on any of your favorite podcast platforms, Bold Blind, Beauty on Air. All of our other uh, socials are Bold Blind, Beauty
0: thanks for that and again the podcast name itself bold Blind beauty on air there's that acronym air coming in again you're so playful with language it's like there's so many these kind of discoveries are just so delightful and they're they're sprinkled throughout your your content and it's it's so exciting to stumble on them and and to see how you weave it in and and tell this story of of uh inclusion and This is just great. I'm so glad to have interviewed you. Thank you for your time here, Steph.
1: Thank you for the interview, Roy. It's always a joy talking with you.